That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Andrew's off tonight, uh, but we've got plenty of previous week's Premier League action to cover. Uh, A little Champions League in midweek to maybe hit on as we're talking Premier League. And then a whole host of very interesting games coming up this weekend. Chelsea and Tottenham are going to kick things off Saturday morning at 7.30. Leicester City and Manchester City will finish off the games that day at 12.30 p.m. And Arsenal will host a streaking hot Everton side Sunday at 11.30 a.m. We're going to get to those in a bit. But first, we're going to talk about last weekend's Premier League action, which, Javier, I'm sure you're very happy. Usually your mood is elated. It's it's up when Arsenal yeah, win a game. Yeah, a good result You've not this had weekend. many chances. <laughs> it was the first four, biggest result of the season, 4-0. Thrashed, nothing like a Newcastle at home to just get your spirits up uh, for Arsenal. So, yeah, definitely ex- elated with the result and made me, uh, put me in a good mood for the week, you know. Yeah, I mean, watching that, even just the highlights back, I didn't watch that full game. I think I told you the other day that when I did watch that game, there were no goals. And every time I got up to go, like, make lunch or, like, go to the bathroom. Yeah, both just, goals like, two were goals within, like, five scored. minutes of each other, right? So uh, until you Venmo me uh, $500, I will not watch a minute of any of Arsenal's games and they will never score. That's that's what I'm I'm insinuating here. But um, we'll talk about that I might, in a uh, I, might, I, might, I might take you up on that, you know? We'll see if it works. Well, we just uh, had the... Probably the season's longest game week. It was stretched over two weeks. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, it, and an extra three or four days got added to it because Manchester City's home game with West Ham that was supposed to be the first week or the first weekend of, of it ended up being pushed a week and a half later due to bad weather and was just played today. Um, but the game week got started with a nil-nil draw between Wolves and Leicester City. I didn't get to watch that because it was on a Friday, but um, looks like kind of a letdown. Uh, then on Saturday afternoon... Uh, a week and a half ago, Norwich lost uh, 1-0 to Liverpool. What a, I mean, crazy goal for Mane, bringing it down with his right foot, just, just like bringing it down perfectly out of the air and then just volleying it into the top corner with his left. I'm, that was I'm an convinced him and Jordan goal. Henderson have some sort of like telepathy or something. Henderson has, like assists so many of Mane's goals with just like perfectly placed and timed balls in behind form or balls to the back Norwich post. actually played really well in this game. It, it was pretty hard. You, you could feel like hard done um, for the them story in this of their game season. because they worked so hard. They had a bunch of good chances. Allison made some really good saves and yeah, you could just, but you just knew that there was going to be a Liverpool goal coming at some point and you thought maybe this was going to be a game. It wasn't going to happen. And just every time you think that <laughs> Liverpool score, it's crazy. They just keep winning. They just keep winning, and well, man, I, until, until I don't know who's going to stop them. They've got they've got some pretty easy fixtures coming up. There, I, I think they're just going to breeze to the title in these next few fixtures, and then, you know, then we'll really have to see. But you know, they did lose today in the Champions League, um, yesterday. or yesterday, yesterday to Atletico Madrid, one nothing, which we talked about in the Champions League pod. Um, I, I didn't think that Atletico could get a result like that, 
But that was uh, that you know, Liverpool didn't look as good, and I don't know if that's just because Atletico were at it defensively and they were just frustrating, like you said. But yeah, maybe Liverpool, uh, you know, getting a little bit, a little bit more tired, can't keep the same uh, energy and vigor throughout the season, and you know they probably know they're going to win the title, but. You know, will that affect them in Champions League or later on in these Premier League games? You know, that remains to be seen. But, you know, they're not blowing teams up like they were earlier in the season or, you know, even last year. They were just lighting everyone up. Now, it could just be that they're, you know, resting a little bit. And once uh, they take Atletico back to Anfield, you know, maybe they'll just thrash them 3 0. I don't know. I don't know. But you think so, but you also, you would also. If you had to bet on any team to go and park the bus at Anfield, you would bet on a Diego Simeone-coached Atletico Madrid. I still don't think they're going to do it because uh, Liverpool only really need five or ten minutes of you not being completely Did you on see the, the highlights game. of that game? Like, are like you just so happy Morata's just not on Chelsea anymore? Oh, yeah. And Chelsea are due another $50 million this summer from Atletico Madrid to make his loan permanent. So, <laughs> cha-ching, baby. <laughs> War chest 2020. That's what I'm excited for. Um yeah, enough of Liverpool. That wasn't probably one of the more interesting games of the weekend. There was a firecracker of a game to start things off on uh, this past Sunday. Aston Villa and Tottenham. Hard, <sighs> just got to feel bad for, for Aston Villa. The, like They played really well. They had a bunch of chances. So, so did Tottenham I, in the I second half. I don't know. The, it was back and forth. The, there's so many ways you can approach this because while Son ended up being like the man of the match, scoring twice, getting the winner right at the death from the Engels mistake, he broke his arm or fractured his, his wrist or part of his arm, I think about 10 minutes into the game and played and the rest played of the, the game. played the whole game, right. Which may, afterwards, he had surgery, which is what's likely keeping, out, uh, keeping him out for most of the rest of the season. But it makes you think, like, how much do you need your arm to be like fully healed? To play because you know he went on to score those two goals. One, I don't know. <laughs> Is that a ridiculous thing to insinuate? Like that you can just sort of like get your your wrist like operated on and then come back with like a cast on and try not to land on it. I don't know because then if you re-injure it, then like, I mean, I guess the summer's coming up, but you don't want to make it like a chronic thing, or you probably just want it to heal properly. I I don't know. I, it seems like they they picked up Burwine at the perfect time, and he seems to be a, an adequate enough replacement for even if they lose Kane and Son, they're still going to be getting goals from from you know Lucas Burwine, Lacelso, Ali. Well, they still they better have attacking hope players. It hasn't. I mean, Burwine obviously got the very important goal against Manchester City, and has had like dangerous looking moments. He's had a lot of good, like dangerous, good looking moments, good shots. But the, until the the th- there isn't like a there isn't like a proven goal scorer there. Mourinho was complaining about it today after the one uh, 0 loss to Leipzig in the Champions League. He uh, he was saying how they're like a a gun with no bullets. He's just like we have nothing that can put the ball in the back of the net. And uh, I mean we'll get to them and their like future prospects coming up a little bit with uh, the preview for this Chelsea game this weekend. But the the Villa game specifically, it, it was just one of those games where it was just end to end mental. Both teams making mistakes left, right, and center. So Alderweireld uh, score an own goal. Villa really then, impressed me though. The way that they move the ball. The, yeah, yeah. Villa, that seems to Villa be one of the really things. With all the, Jack Grealish, what the f- like that guy is fucking insane. I, I, like he, the whole game, Tottenham couldn't handle him. Every time he had the ball, it seemed like he made a right decision. He could take on players. He could create chances in the box and. I mean, I, I doubt he's going to be on Villa next season. Don't you think he's destined for a move to some place like Manchester United? 
Uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not exactly Manchester United. Maybe Tottenham. No, it's, it seems like Tottenham have a bunch of wingers like him. It feels like he's like the type of player that United need to replace someone like a Pogba. Um, I mean, I know that they've they picked up Fernandez, but I, they need a couple of attacking influences in that midfield. And I think they'd be much scarier with someone like Jack Grealish, who's a hard worker defensively, but just like a leader offensively. Would you be interested? I would. I would love Jack Grealish. Absolutely. Like he's he's exactly he better than Danny Ceballos. Definitely better than Danny Ceballos. I think he's just a little bit older, isn't he? Isn't he like twenty four? Danny Ceballos is like twenty two. Right. No, I mean, but he's, Ceballos, he's been playing I mean, in England well, for years. This isn't his first time in the Premier League. He was playing when he was a teenager. Are we, are we done talking about Tottenham? We probably shouldn't talk about these them anymore. Like, well, no, I mean, boring. I just wanted to mention like just how crazy this game was, where Alderweireld opens yeah, the got, scoring with the own goal, winner, right, and, and then, then makes up makes for up it. makes up for it, and then. Son puts them ahead with the rebound from the penalty, and then Engels equalizes and then makes the mistake to uh, to basically lose them the point and let Tottenham just let Son waltz in on goal and score in the like in injury time. It was it was an emotional game to watch as someone who's like invested in Tottenham's results right now is pretty disappointing. But uh, let's move on to that. Arsenal four, Newcastle United nil result later on uh, Sunday. I'm not gonna lie. This, this was not a four nil. I mean, this was like okay. This was like a, a two one. It was a not a four nil. Sure, but if you see that lineup on paper earlier in the season under Wenger or under Unai Emery, the Mustafi David Luiz backline with Ozil, Ceballos, and Xhaka in the midfield. And Ketia up top with Aubameyang. And Ketia was the, the at the top of the striker. Aubameyang was on the left and Pepe on the right. That team on paper, you would have thought... That I, would, like, I would think you would give up a lot of chances, right. which you did. Not that many chances, actually, surprisingly. You gave up about as many chances as you usually have. And Newcastle just weren't prolific. They just didn't take them. Which they do that. Uh, they just lost like four one to Manchester United, like under pretty similar circumstances, like a month ago. They have these games sometimes where they just they can't score at all from like the four or five chances they create, and then you know they're just not as sharp defensively, and especially away from home. But I mean, I mean, good for you. Guys. The, the main thing I came out of this game thinking is that now you have like a proper couple of games in a row where Pepe is like really looking looking really dangerous yeah like he's adapting he got two assists and a goal in this game and he looked really really dangerous in the second half i was disappointed with him in the first half i was like i I thought he didn't play that well but i thought arteta made a lot of adjustments um honestly Nketiah was unlucky not to score he hit the bar and he had a couple of chances that he probably should have put away but he was getting in really good positions and yeah, it's just interesting to have a lot of striking options. As soon as Lacazette came on, he made a difference as well. Got himself a goal, got an assist. Ozil got his first goal in 29 games. So yeah, it was it's a good game all around. Like every all everyone in the front three, everyone in the front four got a goal. Um, we kept a clean sheet. All of these things like haven't haven't happened this season yet. So it was the first time that like it all came together for even if it. The results should have been something like two one, and this was flattering for us. It's still good to get like confidence boost and get a four nil result, especially because we have like this was the run of games that I was talking about. Like we need to be getting some wins, so I'm glad we have this and like can kind of build off this hopefully. And yeah, we'll talk Lumpiaco's about Arsenal more. We, we can talk about Arsenal more like when we talk do Everton preview, but it's going to be I think a lot harder uh, this this next weekend uh, versus Everton side than 
It was against Newcastle, so. Well, bringing back Nketiah, I, I think definitely makes sense because he was pretty much a backup at Leeds anyway the first half of the season. And you guys have pretty tough Champions League draw, or not Champions League, Europa League draw with uh, Olympiacos. The, the first leg, which is away, is tomorrow. Didn't Tottenham like draw Olympiacos in the Champions League group stage like 2-2? It was a difficult game. Yeah, yeah no, it's not an easy behind. place to go. They and, went behind uh, 2-0 at home to Olympiacos. Speaking so of that, we may, we may see the debut of our uh, the Spanish centre-back that we got from Flamengo, Paulo Mari. He's travelled. Um, Ozil hmm. did not. I think Ozil, he played well again in this game. Um, he was able to get in between the lines a lot. He was working hard defensively. I, under Arteta, it seems like Arteta's been talking about these, like, unconditional things, rules that he has for you to play in his team, much like I'm sure Pep does. Um, and if you want to play in the team, like you have to be doing these things. And if not, he takes you off. And Ozil's been doing those things. He's been staying in position. He's been defending, you know, working hard for the team. And it's it's weird to see. But I, I, I hope that it's just so that we can sell him over the summer when he's because he's going to have another year left and hopefully another team will take him. Um, I hope it's not like, you know, that our plans are to use him for the next year, but it's good to Resign see that he's, that, he's, that he's, yeah, exactly. It's good to see that he's like, <laughs> at least con- contributing something and paying his wages. No, I can't imagine. Don't say that, Alex. I would never. That would be so hilarious if before the end of the season, you guys be are playing better. And then just one day on social media, it's just like Arsenal Football Club are delighted to the, to announce the extension of Mesut Ozil on a three-year deal. You're just like, why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure his uh, his friends with uh, Erdogan is uh, 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 not gonna has not been a good thing for Arsenal, and I'm sure they can't wait to get him out of there and like it, sure the image rights and all that of shit out of there. Yeah, because that's a big shit show right now. So all right, uh, let's move on to uh, one of the more disappointing games of my life of my year. Listen, Chelsea I've got a two hundred dollar bet riding on this. You need to stop fucking losing like that. Yeah, well. But I also want to make top we four. Be, we won't so. be playing them anytime soon after this. So I also want to make top four. So either one of these, you know, it was kind of a good result for me. So Chelsea lost two 0 at home to Manchester United at uh, on Monday afternoon or Monday evening in England. I was home from work uh, celebrating President's Day. Uh, was very excited for this one until the starting lineups come out and it's announced that <laughs> we uh, just our lineup was just completely decimated with injuries that I had no idea existed and no one really knew existed or were going to have an effect on the lineup until the lineup was announced. And that's mainly that Tammy Abraham, after having the two week break where he had played the last game before the break at Leicester. Um, even though he was like a game time decision to play, he wasn't able to start this game. Calum Hudson Odoi like pulled a hamstring and was out, so we started with Pedro on the left. Surprise, surprise! And then ten minutes into the game, Angolo Kante tear, like tore his groin or something, whatever the the muscle was that he tore. And we had to bring on Mason Mount. You know, that's like that's not a terrible switch to make. It's not as bad as bringing on Batshuayi and Pedro to the front line, but. Just losing our one truly world-class player 10 minutes into that game, just it just started us off on the completely wrong foot of me thinking, like, there's not many ways I can think that Chelsea are going to win this now. And it, it, it and as confident as I was, I don't know if you listened to the last week's preview pod, but I, I was like, 
we're going to win this one. This is the start of our like tough run, but not knowing that we had all these injuries, I was just completely caught off guard by all these players not being not being fit. And we'll talk about them, I guess, a bit more in the uh, preview for this Tottenham game on the weekend because it's still going to be a factor. But it ended up being huge in this one. Chelsea United probably had like a fair share of like even chances, even though we had the majority of the. You possession. guys missed a bunch of chances, though. Yeah, we missed a bunch of chances. Uh, As welcome, usual, welcome to and, my world. And I mean. <sighs> I don't know. Like I, 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 I can officially announce I'm out on Mishi Bakshuai. I'm just I'm right. out. Mishi's like, not good it enough. It has for, to be. Chelsea, it has right. to be Giroud from here on out. I don't care how slow he is. He just he makes up for it in other ways. Like figure it out. Play it. Like figure out the spaces around him. Have Pedro and Willian working extra hard to cover for him. But he's he, he's such a weapon, and we're having the majority of the possession in most of these games anyway. So we don't really need to press that high up the field. Why don't, why don't you just have the better striker, the better center forward on, on the pitch? It's it's frustrating. But, I mean, I guess, Chelsea, I think we're like we're still two points uh, in fourth with this Tottenham home game. Uh, we're one point. <laughs> we're in fourth by uh, one point ahead of Tottenham and uh, three points ahead of Manchester United. Only two ahead of Sheffield United. So it's all to play for now. And frankly, think, we, just, mean, we have to get over the I think United deserve to win in the end, though. Would you, no. would you agree with that? No. You think they it should have been clinical. like 2-2? You think 2-2 would have been more like... No, because Maguire should have been sent off for right. the, the, the clean on Mishi. And he ends, up, he ends up scoring the second goal. Yeah. So it, right away, I'm, I'm thinking 2-0 is really favorable to them. And it's not. But, you know, that, that, that's, that's been the excuse for too many games now uh, between us and United. It just seems like... This current iteration of Chelsea and the current iteration of Manchester United and how Solskjaer has them counterattacking, it's just a difficult matchup. And any time where these two kinds of uh, or styles of play come into contact with each other, there's always going to be a chance that like the young team that's kind of inexperienced just gets done by you know the, the team just defending and and taking advantage of spaces in behind on the counter. So. It's uh, it's still disappointing, and you you, you want to see some sort of progression against these kinds of teams because it's not going to stop until you start breaking those teams down and forcing them to come out and, and attack you a bit more. So, did you get to watch any of the Manchester City West Ham game today, or do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I've not been able to watch it yet. Um, I yeah, I, I was watching the Champions League. Sorry, De Bruyne equaled Eden Hazard's uh, sixteen assists that led the league last season. Uh, and, and he's got 12 games to break Thierry Henry's record of 20. I think he's going to do it. <laughs> I mean, unless there's like an injury or something, I'm pretty confident he's going to do it. He's, I think he's, he's going to do it too, but so amazing. many players have been close and failed, so 20 is I a guess. lot of assists. Who? Well, so many Arsenal players have been close and failed. Yeah, Fabregas and Ozil. Yeah. Both I guess Fabregas almost did it at Chelsea too. Exactly, almost did it at but Chelsea he, he as went, well. He went cold uh, during the 15 or 14-15 yeah. season too. Let's move on to the previews of this weekend. I, I guess we can mention some of the Champions League results. Uh, Tuesday, uh, like we mentioned, Liverpool lost 1-0 at Atletico Madrid. That'll come back to uh, Liverpool though to Anfield for them to try and overturn that deficit. PSG went to Dortmund and lost 2-1. Two goals from Erling Braut Haaland, who continues to just absolutely dominate the Champions League this season. I think he scored in every single fixture except one. What an absolute monster, man. And he's 19. 
It's ridiculous. He's got 10 Champions League goals right now. 10. He's 19. Yeah. He's already in double digits. He's Ugh. a freak of nature. He's got eight goals in five games for Dortmund. I don't... How do you do that in the league? Uh, he, just, he's just an yeah. absolute machine. And just like the, the, the types of goals he's scoring, the way that he's doing it, the confidence... The contact he got on on that second goal. On that second goal was insane. It was insane. <laughs> I, I watched it like ten times. It was so satisfying to watch. He's like a six five uh, Robin Van. Per- He's like a Robin Van Persie Zlatan Ibrahimovic hybrid. Right. That's a good one. I like it. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> That's what Which like. is you know probably He's like fast as shit the biggest too. hyping of any uh, or combination of players you could ever have to like hype someone up. Oh, he's like a mix of Pele and Maradona. <laughs> like what? Um, but but of course that was at Dortmund. PSG will have the chance to overturn that two-one deficit uh, in a few weeks' time when they host Dortmund again. Then earlier today, Wednesday, we had a four-one win for Atalanta at home against Alex's uh, Atalanta. Huh. Honestly, Atalanta Spanked lost him. like four-nil at Dinamo Zagreb in the first game of uh, the Champions League group stage. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went to Valencia in the in the second leg and they just got absolutely destroyed and lost 3-0 and lost on away goals or something. That's still in play. Crazier things have happened in the Champions League. That's all I'll say. I'm not counting my chickens yet. Um, and then what was the other game today? Oh, Tottenham lost 1-0 to RB Leipzig. Timo Werner scored a penalty. And Tottenham were honestly lucky to get out of there with just a one, one Yeah, the first five should, minutes. should have been more. Yeah, been way more. Th- they absolutely blitzed them. I, I told you, though, Leipzig are... Uh... They're a very, very good side, and they had a bunch of injuries, to too. To be fair, I picked Tottenham before I knew Hyomin Son was going to be out for like the rest of the season. I thought Tottenham were going to have him kind of be able to keep pace, but without him, I agree. That Tottenham pick is probably not going to come come to fruition. They were missing Kane last year during the Champions League uh, knockout stages, but Son made up for everything. He was no, no truly Pomicano the is uh, is. No, Pomacanate was, was really bad. Yeah, Ampadu was Ethan really Ampadu. good. Ethan Ampadu. He was he's, really good. I was impressed with him today. I, that's what I was watching. I was watching that game, and he, uh, the way he played in that uh, this, this center of the back three was really, really impressive to watch. Yeah, so there's more Champions League action kicking off next week. And Chelsea and Bayern Munich. Uh, who else? City and Real Madrid will be next week. Plenty to look forward to. Uh, but this weekend, we've got Chelsea hosting Tottenham to start things off on Saturday morning in the Premier League. Like I said, one point between these two teams, a huge clash for both teams' hopes of getting into next season's Champions League. <laughs> I know I've just been rattling on about the injuries, but both teams are coming into this game with just absolutely like crippling injury lists. Like All of their best attacking players, uh, there will still be no Pulisic for Chelsea and still no Hudson-Odoi. Maybe Tammy Abraham played, plays, but Frank said that last week. Obviously, the N'Golo Kante injuries. It's, we just mentioned the Kane and Son injuries for Tottenham. It, it kind of leads to like a totally unpredictable, crazy top four clash, I think. I think. Yeah, I don't I think, think there's going to be a ton of goals, though. You think so? You say it's going to be high score. I think it, who's going to be scoring the goals? Like, I think it's just going to be like pure desperation from both sides playing an open end-to-end game. You know, maybe that leads to like a 1-1 and both teams missing a bunch of chances. I could take that. I'd like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Chelsea should always be beating Tottenham. Every time we play Tottenham, we should be aspiring to beat them because that's our relationship with them. 
but this game just has like a don't lose kind of feel to it. Like if you lose this game, if you're Chelsea, your your form is now dropped off the edge of a cliff and you've got Bayern Munich coming in on Tuesday. So it's just, it's not a good thing. If you're Tottenham, you've lost two games in a row in the span of like three or four days. Uh, and both of those games have come in at the same time with Son getting injured. So it's, it's, I, I would, I don't want to say I'd take a draw. I hate admitting I would take a draw against Tottenham, but, but you would take at a the draw, same time Danny. saying that you would we just can't it. lose is the same thing to me as saying I would take a draw. So if it ends 1-1, one, one, so I mean, maybe some other teams might be able to gain more points on you, but you just got to stay in the mix right now until the end of the season and, and until you get a little bit more healthy. Cause it sounds like N'Golo Conte is coming back at the end of March um, is what we read. And you know, he's usually a fairly quick yeah. healer. The, but, the thing I wanted to but, mention about that, it, but it, he's gotten his groin injured before and he's re-injured it again. Because we keep rushing him back. Be, do you think this could be something that possibly deteriorates in Golo's career early? Like, because groins are uh, recurring groin injuries can be pretty nasty. It's hard to say. Ramsey's the another one earlier, who uh, who has always gets like recurring yeah. groin injuries and has always been in and out because of that. The earlier groin injury this season, I remember the circumstances specifically of that because he he had been out injured for a while for Chelsea, but we were playing really well anyway. That was when the Jorginho-Kovacic midfield like duo was just like playing amazingly together, and then an international break came up, and he was like right on the border. Like we could have played him in the last game going into the international break, but we just wanted to not risk it, and we won anyway. And then France called him up, and he played, and he got injured again, and he re-aggravated it. So it was. Didier Deschamps' fault, not Frank's fault, for bringing him back early. <laughs> and so he was out again for another couple of weeks. I think he came back, got injured again. Like, he's just been on and off all season. And I, I don't think it's... I mean, obviously, I would rather have N'Golo Kante in the lineup. Like I said, he's our one true world-class player right now. But the Jorginho Kovacic midfield uh, tends to work better without N'Golo involved. Like, he kind of gets in the way a little bit of their passing and and, and them playing off of one, one another. N'Golo, leave them, N'Golo. You hearing this fucking piece of shit right now, N'Golo? Just leave them now. They don't deserve you, N'Golo. Come it's, to it's, Arsenal. It's, it's better Come for... Come to Arsenal. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to take a backward step yet in his career, Javier. Don't worry. I'm sure hey, like PSG will come in for him in the summer. PSG will will come in and You're be like, hoping oh, for 70 a draw million. With Tottenham. If I was playing at home with Tottenham, I'd be like, we're going to smash these motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, this is the equivalent of having like Aubameyang, Lacazette, uh, Torreira injured, like all three of those players, like your best yeah, ball be winning midfielder. Bad. Yeah, right. it, it's tough. <laughs> we were able so. to rest Torreira mostly. Like he was able to come on like while we were already up like 2-0. So that was pretty nice this week. Um, I don't know if he's going to be playing in Europa, but yeah, the Europa away Olympiacos kind of blows. I'm a little bit blown on that. Well, you guys need to take it seriously. That's probably yeah, your I'm best sure chance at Champions sure League. Yeah. Um, and it's not that stacked of a field in Europa League this year. Like, you got a couple teams that look scary, like Inter and uh, Ajax, but United. Who knows? Who knows if you'll even play them? Yeah, maybe United, but I don't know. I feel like you guys could beat United in like a two legged oh, thing. Yeah, I definitely. feel like you could. Um, Inter, too. Do you, so do you think this Chelsea Tottenham game are gonna is gonna end up uh, as a draw? 
Yeah, I think you, like a one-one draw. That's where I that's where I see it. I just don't think there's going to be a ton of goals, but um, I could I could also just see a Tottenham sneaking a win. I don't know. I uh, it's kind of Mourinho, Mourinho at the to bridge. bridge. Of course, yeah, Mourinho at the bridge with Tottenham. Just, oh, Jesus! It, it, just, it just feels like he, you know, he's that's a special place for him. He knows how to get wins there. So I don't know. I could see him going there and giving Frank. Uh, you know, because I think Frank. He's never won at Stanford Bridge with an English team, only with uh, only with uh, Inter Milan. Foreign teams, Inter. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. But I think uh, I think both of the injuries. I think Chelsea's injuries are a little bit worse than Tottenham's, and uh, I think Bergwijn. I, I think they're they're pretty even. Kane and Son. That's like yeah. No, that's all that's pretty goals. crippling. Yeah, that's pretty crippling. That is all their goals. But the, you got to think that Lucas Burwine, Ali. Lo Celso, there's, they're going to get some goals from that. They just needed probably a little bit more time to click, but there's a, there's goals in that. Well, I forgot to mention that we do have one player who, in particular, really hates Tottenham. Willian. All of our yeah, all of our goal scoring threat is pretty much resting on Willian for this one. He usually shows up against Tottenham, but I don't know. I've just you know Willian's just going to be I've like never, I'm the best I'm, player in this game. Now. I've never just grown like, accustomed to trusting Willian when all of the responsibility is on his shoulders, unless it's in like an FA Cup. The uh, in the Champions League today, they started uh, Getson Fernandez, that kid that they bought uh, in January, as well as with Harry Winks. He looked he looked pretty decent. Um, I'm interested. They got to kind see of overran Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I'm interested to see how he does though in this Chelsea game if they start him again and they don't seem to have that many options in the midfield either i think sissoko's maybe injured and or maybe just Mourinho doesn't he's, really he's like not him. not playing in dumbele which is another really right, he weird doesn't thing. play he's in dumbele he doesn't him. like him yeah which is crazy to me but <sighs> Mourinho's got the trophies i guess um uh, later on on saturday leicester city will host manchester city at uh 12 30 p.m both of these Lester teams form is kind of cold yeah, yeah. They, they've kind of cooled off a little bit. None, none, neither of them. I don't think have dropped off a cliff. But I, I'm thinking City might, or Manchester City, since they're both cities. Um, Manchester City, I think, may slip up in this one. They do have that away leg at uh, at uh, Real Madrid in midweek, and you know, what's the difference between second and third to them? Would you agree? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking like it's a home game for Leicester. Well, I'm looking Man at the City. form. I'm looking at the form right now. City have lost one game. They lost against Tottenham yeah, um, again. Javier, we, we gotta we gotta we gotta discern between which city we're talking about. It's Leicester right. City. Right. But let's and look at let's City. look at this Leicester. Leicester have lost in their last five games. They lost against Southampton two one at home. Then they lost away to Burnley two one. Then they beat West Ham four one. But that's not that impressive. Like everyone can beat West Ham right now. Um, then they drew with Chelsea 2-2, which I think you guys probably should have won that game. I, I mean, it was really back and forth, though. Both of them missed chances. but And then they drew 0-0 with Wolves, and Jimenez missed a chance in that. That definitely he should have scored. And, and then they got I, knocked out of the uh, Carabao Cup semifinal by Aston Villa. Yep. So Leicester, I think, have been just on form. You would have to favor City in this, um, especially because De Bruyne is... He's on such good form right now. The guy's just an absolute monster. And any chance the, they just rest him going into this? Re- they just played today. Give them like a week before that Manchester or that that Real Madrid game. Because I mean, realistically, you can just play Gundogan instead of De Bruyne. And I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe they won't win, but you know, get out of this one with like a one-one draw. Kind of maintain the second and third 
position that both these teams have kind of settled into with Manchester City in second and Leicester in third. I feel like both teams would take that and just sort of be like, no one from behind us is catching us and we're not catching Liverpool. So let's just play this out to a gentleman, a gentleman's agreement for a draw. That's what I feel like this yeah, might Liverpool end up being. Liverpool are uh, 22 points ahead of City. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's done and dusted. Everyone knows that. So why care? <laughs> Manchester City have this, again, this huge Champions League game, which is made even more huge by the announcement that they're, they may be suspended for the next two seasons from uh, Champions League uh, participation. So uh, now it's all guns blazing. It's now or never for you, City. League. Let's see. Yeah, you right. got to win the go, Champions League. Go out League, and man. win the thing. Uh, so Sunday, 9 a.m., Manchester United will host Watford. I'm not totally convinced that this is um, an absolute Manchester United win. I know Watford have kind of cooled off since Definitely that have cooled uptick off. in form. Um, yeah, they've they've but they're still threatening and lost in their last two games twice. Yeah, they're still threatening. They're still scoring goals, and I think you see the form of of players like Decore. Abdullah Decore has just been fantastic. He scored again in, in the last match against Brighton. And I think he's what's keeping them up right now. I think they aren't really finding goals from other places. Deeney, Deeney's grabbing, grabbing some occasionally. Yeah, some penalty Saar, goals. But, Saar had like a good had a good run. Um, I think Saar's injured right now. I think yeah, he, playing, he is. Uh, but I mean, I mean, initially when Pearson came in, it was kind of like a. They, they need some like Danny a, Welbeck goals. Danny Welbeck's back. They need, is he back? Yeah, wow. watch him play at uh, and score at Old Trafford. That would be. That'd be pretty epic. United deserve that if that happens, right? If Danny Welbeck comes back and scores on Watford, oh yeah, my! Please let Watford, it happen. Yeah. <laughs> please <laughs> let it happen. I'm pretty sure um, Nigel Pearson's first game as Watford head coach was when they played Manchester United at home too, and I think they won like two nil. It was like like a solid two nil winning performance for Watford to get things started for him. So. But you, I mean, but obviously, going you think to Old Trafford. United are going to be kind of confident coming off of that uh, that two nil away result at Stamford Bridge. Um, don't you think right. that that's going to probably propel like they them definitely, to win this game? They definitely think they deserved it. They definitely think like, ah, oh, yeah, look at us. We've beaten City and Chelsea this season. Like, we beat them away this season, and then they just come out against these teams, and you know, they totally underestimate them and and end up getting smashing grabbed themselves. So. I'm not what did you think, saying what did you think of that lineup? Um, we didn't really talk about it, but they did trot out uh, like a five at the back with Bai Maguire and Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw was like the left center back, um, and then they used Brandon Williams as the left wing back and Wambasaka as the right wing back. Yeah, um, I mean, with, all the creativity came came through those two players. Chelsea through Wambasaka and Brandon Williams, yeah. Yeah, Chelsea pretty much owned midfield, and and then Martial, too, would like drift out to the left and kind of push Reese James back so that Brandon Williams have a bit more space to run into and and deliver balls into the into the box. So I mean that's that's a good strategy against Chelsea, but you know this is a very very different stylistic matchup. You're not going to be the team under pressure in this one. You're going to be the team that's going to have to try and open up those spaces in behind a low block that's coming to visit you. So I'm I'm it's been my question for United for years now under multiple different regimes, and they have never proven to me that I should trust them to do it on a consistent basis. So I, I can see Watford going in and getting like a 1-1. What did you think of Bruno Fernandes in that game? I thought he played pretty well. I thought he was okay. I think he got an assist, but right? The, but the midfield was pretty resoundingly like Kovacic and Jorginho's to lose. They 
like that that was uh, that was kind of settled from the i mean losing conte obviously didn't help but i didn't think we really lost that much ground in that regard and like fernandez was good he wasn't like a liability on the ball and he didn't turn over possession too much but i think it's going to probably take maybe a couple more weeks maybe this uh, this is the kind of game against a defensive team that you need him to be that extra little bit special i think produce, i think like, we might see him score that, in this game i could see yeah, it at old trafford I, watford i could see him getting a goal in this game yeah, that's kind what of you pay him introduce, the big bucks introducing for. himself to the uh, to the united fans so i'm uh, i'll be looking for it in this game Later on on Sunday, 11.30 a.m., Arsenal will host Everton. Now, Arsenal usually have an impeccable home record against Everton. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, the uh, the only team that's unbeaten in 2020 in Europe, Arsenal Football Club. We can <laughs> Let's not talk about anything else, any of the statistics in between there, but let's just, that's all. Yeah, I'll I mean, I mentioned to you before we started recording when you said that same exact thing, that the 4-0 win against Newcastle was the stop, 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 first stop, stop, stop. league win since New Year's Day. Can you, you stop? Guys? Which in my calculation adds up to about a month and a half without a win in the league. So that's, it's not great form in my book. Um, <laughs> four draws in a row before that one. Yeah, this is a tough game. Everton yeah, I'm are, not, I'm not, I'm not confident we're going to beat them. I mean, usually we beat Everton at home, but this Ancelotti side is playing really, really well right now. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, uh, they're, they're Theo clicking. Walcott's playing well. Theo's playing well. Yeah, it, it's weird. He's I don't know. Coming back to Arsenal. You don't think he... Uh, but uh, but I kind of I kind of do feel like this Newcastle result's going to give us a lot of confidence and all of our strikers scoring, Ozil scoring, I think I think it's going to be, uh, be good for what us. About- I'm, I'm what, what about the I debilitating this, loss at Olympiacos right before? Yeah, I was going to uh, say, game. I'm very curious how we do tomorrow. Um, if we're able to, you know, keep up our form and, and get a big away result at Olympiacos, then I'll, then I think that we're going to come into this game with, you know, enough confidence to beat Everton. But if we, hey, like you said, if we have a couple of injuries and like a bad three-one result or something, a loss or or. or you know, uh, I would take a draw, like a two-two draw at Olympiacos, and then take them back to the Emirates. Yeah, sure. Get your away goals. But uh, I think in this game, it's going to be. There's no way I think we keep a clean sheet. No, I think no it's going to be. I think Everton Calvert are going to need a goal. Built to absolutely torment your defenders and ours. <laughs> but he did it to us. Everton, like Everton haven't ago. haven't been like that good defensively either recently. They've they've had like they had that three-two game with Watford they they've been conceding goals and I think we're starting to get clicking offensively like our shots per game are go have been going up every game and in the last game we like you know we, we broke 20 shots and like you know we easily could have had six, you know five or six goals I know that you say four nil flattered us but we did have a bunch of chances we missed so I'm uh I'm excited to see like that this is slowly building and I'm seeing the progress before my eyes and you know it you saw the same under Emery in his first season, and then it fell off really quickly. So I'm curious to see if Arteta can like keep up this project that he's doing because it seems like the foundations that, are, that he's building are better than Emery's in the sense that like you're seeing players like Mustafi, like David Luiz, who I didn't think I could ever be comfortable seeing them on a pitch again. Like they've been pretty impeccable. Like outside uh, okay, of the no. Okay, I'm I, sorry. I I'm sorry. You, outside you can't of like, use the word impeccable. Yeah, I was about to like, say outside of you're like, still conceding really like good chances to other teams. Like it's happening every game. No, outside of like that one red card against Chelsea that Luis had, I think he's been very good on the ball. He's been making okay, good how decisions. About, how about Mustafi Same thing. making the mistake to get Luis that red card? 
No, that's fair. And I think Mustafi... That was just a few weeks ago. Like, right. That was... No, I think he still makes mistakes. Mustafi still makes mistakes. So does David Luiz. But I'm saying I'm much more comfortable with them playing now than I ever was under Emery or Wenger. It just it feels like they have a lot more discipline and positionally they're making the right decision. Like they're they're just they're getting a ball, taking one touch and passing it like they're not. I don't know. It seems like they've been drilled differently under under Arteta and it feels like positionally they're much more sound even if they still make mistakes obviously we're still we have Saliba who is going to be I think a big big for us coming in next season he's been on on loan at San Etienne and um, there's a lot of talk this week of of Jonathan Ta uh, from Bayer Leverkusen who I would I would love to have those two as a as a center back pairing next year but I'm pretty sure we're going to be moving on both Mustafi and David Luiz so I don't think he wants to be playing these center backs but I don't think he has any more really good options right now so it's What's going on with Socrates? Why isn't uh, he even playing? I think he was hurt for a little bit um, but I'm sure we'll see him in holding I think in the Europa League I think that okay. might be the the pairing, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. This uh, I'm I'm definitely very curious to see what the what the lineup looks like. Or or Paolo Mari. I mean, he's so the one. He's the other one who who needs to I think start getting some minutes. All of the turnaround in form uh, talk that you mentioned just there, I think, applies just as much to Everton, if not more. Admittedly, you guys have had a tougher schedule. We're in only that time. two points. We're only two points between us in the table. We have thirty-four points. They have thirty-six. So this is right. But they've game. come. They've come from below you, way below us. You. Yeah, they did. I know. They really turned their season around, and I think Arteta and Ancelotti they got the jobs at pretty much the same time, like the same week of uh, of the they did of, it's at true. the end of December. So yeah, Ancelotti's definitely done a better job so far, like just result wise. So. But yeah, he's had a slightly easier schedule, but I mean, you can only beat what's put in front of you. This is like the, the I think, the big, big test. And it's like a good step. Well, Everton have a hell Everton. of a schedule after this. They've got yeah. every, I think they play every top six side. Every They play every team that's above them, like the top eight in the next eight or nine fixtures. So they've got a, just an absolutely insane run after this. So right, but this, this isn't is like, the start of it. Like I'm not trying to insult Ars- Arsenal here, but... Arsenal, even though they are playing We're better, this is place. probably They're, like this is the, the, this is probably the yeah. right step to first take to start, yeah, and to then warm go up. play against yeah, City or Liverpool teams. and whoever. Sure. Yeah, so it, it kind of makes sense. I I think it all leads to a score draw and at plus three thirty for a, a score draw. Like I mean, two, that's two, not maybe that's even not three, a bad three. that's not a bad shout out at all. Two, it two, it two, seems three, like three. It, to me, it it's going to be the highest scoring game. Like the highest scoring game of the weekend. That's what I think it's going to. I think it could be. I I'm going to say three two Arsenal. I think it'll be a fun one, but we're at home. It's against Everton, and we've been we've been pretty good at home under Arteta. So I'm I'm gonna say three two. Okay. Um, lastly, uh, we're not gonna talk too much on it, but Liverpool and West Ham will play on Monday evening, well Monday afternoon here, three p.m. I will be captaining Mohamed Salah in fantasy at home against West Ham, and I will. Laugh my way all the way to the bank with that one. So that's all I have to say about that one. That should be a pretty open and shut case for Liverpool. They usually spank West Ham home and away. So uh, I don't really have anything to, that makes Mohamed me think Salah that's be any likes different. playing against fucking West Ham. He usually spanks. Yeah, he loves them. playing against West Ham. Um, Javier, what's your bet of the week? My bet of the week is I had to go with this guy's Villa at Southampton at plus four twenty. Nice plus four twenty. I had to. I had to. Also, I just nice. think Villa have been playing pretty well. Southampton have cooled off a little bit. 
I mean, I know Danny Ings scored last weekend, but it just feels like Villa really need a result, and this is the type of game that they could get a result here. Southampton, are they're, they're safe this year. They're not going to be pushing for a Europa spot, I don't think. So I think they're going to be like a firmly a mid-table team, and it feels like this is when they could maybe start falling off a little bit, and Villa really, really, really need a result. And they played really well against Tottenham. I think they're going to take a lot of positives from that game, and, I, and that's why I think them winning at Southampton plus 420 seems like a... Like a good bet. Yeah, I'm sure that's the only reason. Um, <laughs> it's the only reason, Alex. What do you think? What do you think this is? So, uh, this is a family show, okay? Dude, Southampton. I'm so disappointed for them because Redmond got injured in that last game, the loss to Burnley. He'd been playing so well for them, and he's out until like the end of March now. So he's like their best creative influence. You know, Ings is banging the goals in, but someone's got got to set them up for him. You know, they have other players that can maybe step into Redmond's shoes, but no one is like consistently creative and fantastic as Redmond, I don't think. So yeah, that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know exactly when that is, but I think it's the Saturday at 10 a.m. time slot. So there's not many other options to watch during that during that point of the, of the day. So thanks everyone for listening to this episode. I know it's a bit of a long one with uh, recaps from last week and previews for the upcoming week all mashed into one. But uh Uh, We've all got busy schedules. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you, Javier, for being on. You can follow us on social media at ASMOS92 for my Twitter and Instagram, at JavierRev9 for Javier's Instagram, and at AndrewPasaro for uh, his Instagram and Twitter. And of course, at GhostGoalPod on both platforms for the podcast official socials. And until next time, bye. Great way to start.